0: Welcome to Franchise Fan Guys. This is our sixth episode on the X-Men franchise. More specifically, this one is covering the 2013 movie, The Wolverine. I'm Tom Breifogel, joined with Andy Schmidt and Skidmar. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves?
1: Uh, Hey, I'm Andy Schmidt, and um, I think the healing factor would be really cool because you could live a long time. Hey,
2: I'm Skidmar, and like Wolverine, I've been to Japan. Uh, Unlike Wolverine, I cut my leg. About uh, four months ago, and it still hasn't
0: healed.
2: So before I give the stats on
0: Wolverine, I just want to let you both know, and everyone listening, this is our 100th episode. So that's pretty fun. Is no. it really? Yeah, it is.
1: Wow. Wow. We really need to be a better businessman, because we're not monetizing this nearly as well as we should be. No. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> should have had the hundredth episode extravaganza party, we, VIP party. Yeah. We should.
2: There should be promo codes, like all kinds of stuff. If anyone's out there and is a, uh it runs any giant multinational corporations and would like to sponsor us, please get in touch, franchisefanguys
1: at gmail.com I think we just solved the, the so, business problem right there. Well done, Skid. Oh yeah. yeah. There we
2: go. Yeah, see that we didn't people didn't know that we wanted money.
1: Right. I think that yeah. was the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you was the disconnect. You just just gotta ask. Let yeah. people know. Right. It's
0: okay. have to ask. So the Wolverine came out in the summer of 2013. Rated PG 13. Directed by James Mangold. Screenplay by Scott Frank, Mark Bombach, and Christopher McQuarrie. Starring Hugh Jackman, Hiroyuki Sanda, Famke Jansen, Lil Yun Lee, and Rilla Fukushima. Had a budget of $120 million, Domestic gross of $133 million, International gross of $282 million, for a cumulative gross of $415 million, has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 71, and an audience score of 69. So Andy, what is this movie about?
1: Well, it's about the, uh, the 1980s uh, first solo Wolverine limited series, uh, written by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. So just go read that, and then you'll know what it's about. Um, it is about Wolverine um, going to Japan, Um, meeting uh, Mariko and her dad and her grandfather um, who who are the clan Yoshida and are this like giant, uh, very important, very powerful family in Japan. Mm, Looks likely that they have criminal ties uh, and are essentially the mafia or the Yakuza. Um, And um, mysteries ensue. Wolverine just gets wrapped up in this sort of family dynamic because he – has this bond from World War 2 with the grandfather um who is dying and um yeah it, it, it gets a little crazy from there there's bullet trains there's <laughs> there's, uh, there's there's samurai swords there's uh there's bow and arrow um lots of action giant fighting robots a G- giant fighting samurai <laughs> yeah. robot uh, it's got it all half robot yeah half, yeah it's got it all
0: all right So First Class, the last movie we talked about, didn't blow off the doors financially, but it did get a very positive fan reaction. Creatively, it was a step in the right direction. The Wolverine is an attempt to do the same for the poorly launched Wolverine franchise, to right the ship. What were your expectations going into this movie now after you both liked First Class?
2: I was not excited for this movie, despite my affection for first class because this felt like a step backwards from what they had achieved in first class it was just like oh we're just going back to the well like after this bold new direction that they're trying to set you know in 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 first class so that was kind of how i felt i was a little intrigued because james mangold was directing it it was just like oh like getting an actual like auteur good good reputation like director uh, You know, like someone like Brian Singer was, like when he came in, you know, directed uh, the first X Men movie, it was interesting. Like I loved Copland, like Copland was in nineteen ninety seven, was like a really good movie. James Mangold directed that. He did Walk the Line, which was like pretty good, but you know, got a lot of Oscar buzz and everything. So uh I was three ten to Yuma before in- this, right?
1: Did what didn't he do three ten to Yuma before this one?
2: Yeah, yeah, three ten to Yuma, which yeah, was also really good. good. Yeah, yeah, that's good too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like a, a reason to be excited, but like, I was just like, but the whole concept of like doing what felt like another Wolverine origin story after the disaster of the last one was not interesting to me at all. And so I know I saw this movie, but I really don't remember where or when I saw it. And I, I when watching it again. I didn't remember almost any of it. But I was surprised when I did watch it this time. I was like, I really liked it. I I was shocked. Like, I had no, I certainly had no memory of really liking it. So uh, that was a
1: fun surprise. Uh, I, th- I saw this in Rhode Island. Um, X Men First Class and The Wolverine uh, came out in Rhode Island when I lived in Rhode Island. And Days of Future Past, one after this, uh, was literally the last thing I did before leaving Rhode Island, never to return. Um, like, our bags were packed. We were moving to california and I went and saw this movie and then and then left the state uh pretty much from there from the theater um so that so like I grouped these three in my mind as like these are the the Rhode island Men movies um but yeah, I went into this with low expectations um uh, even Again, again, same as Skid. Like, even though I liked First Class, like I wasn't sure where this was going. I didn't know if it was supposed to take place before or after any of the other X-Men films. And just just so we're clear for our audience, this takes place after X-Men The Last Stand. So X-Men 1, 2, 3, and then this, right? Because the, the previous two were prequels. Um, yeah, I mean, I went in with pretty low expectations still, even after First Class, um, not really knowing what this was. Um, but it clearly was drawing something from that classic Wolverine series that we've talked about before. I've talked about before that I think is sort of the quintessential Wolverine story. So, I mean, it was pulling from the right material. Uh, so I went in going, well, okay, it's going to pull from the right material, but I've seen other movies that pulled from the right material, uh, and, uh, and weren't good. So yeah, I was, I was pretty hesitant on this one going in. Tom, when did you see it? I saw this one for the first time, I don't know, six weeks ago, maybe? Fair enough.
0: Yeah, I guess I did a poor job back in 2014 when I tried to get caught up on all X Men movies. I guess I missed X3 and missed this one. But uh, so, yeah, I, I thought I remember back then like renting the movies or buying them. On my Apple TV and just being weirded out by how close these two Wolverine movies were in ye- like four years apart. They're both like they almost yeah. have the same name.
2: <laughs> it is. It's, it adds to the confusion of just the kind of muddled state that the franchise was in was exactly that it was just like wait what like watching with samantha she's just like wait there's just one wolverine movie it's just like no there's two it's just like no and she's looking like it took a while to finally convince her that there were two wolverine movies (laughs) before
1: logan um so yeah yeah also tom uh let me introduce you to a thing called wikipedia so if you ever want to get caught up on a franchise again (laughs) You can just go on Wikipedia and be like no, X- X-Men movie franchise and it'll just tell you what all the movies are. It'll just tell you. It'll just yeah, it just save right up a lot
2: yeah. of pain. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> okay. You never have to never well, have to miss this, a movie again. When this came out in 2013, I have no memory of this coming out. And that was, this was 2013, I was far out of my blackout period. I was normal person in society who knew movies that were coming out and just <laughs> no didn't Didn't even when did it come out? Summer. I get. I was on tour that entire year, but yes, I had a an iPhone and a laptop and Wi-Fi, so no excuses, and a lot of free time at that time. I wasn't even setting up my own stuff, so I just had like unlimited free time, and it didn't even break my wall. I guess I was going to college at that time. Maybe that's why I was uh, going to college online while traveling. Well, this came out at the end of July, so it might have been when you were on tour anyway. But I definitely was on tour. And in college, I did college in the summer too. I was I was a dork. Oh wow! Okay. I, I did. Uh, yeah, I only did a couple classes a
2: semester, and just did it year round. I like that. That's the far defining... too busy to waste your time with a second
1: Wolverine movie in four years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, I like that the <laughs> defining characteristic of being a dork is I went to college during the summer, therefore <laughs> I am a dork. I mean, that is pretty dorky. That's a pretty dorky right. thing.
0: I, that year, that semester, the tour was really good that I was on. And I remember I was finally starting to do some really cool orchestrations because that was a hard. Like, I want an orchestra. I want to be an orchestrator. And then it's like five years later, you, you're okay at it, like. But that year was cool. That year, another very dorky thing I did. I mean, it was an assignment, so whatever. It wasn't my idea. I did uh, the Harry Potter theme, but my orchestration of it. And it was fun. I need to find that somewhere. The band that was opening for my band ended up walking on stage to that the entire summer.
2: Wow, that's cool. I would love to hear that. I hope, if you can find that, send it to me. I would love to hear that.
0: I guess being in a band is cool, and I love orchestrating, but I guess studying classical music is another dork check, I guess, as well. Totally dorky. But they did that study, and if you people that, that on their own prefer to listen to orchestral music are normally more intelligent, which I guess is also dorky. Mm. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, intelligence is a true sign of a dork. Yeah. Um, that's true. For sure. So I was going to say that I think one of the reasons why you maybe don't remember liking this movie very much, Skid, is the same reason why... Like, I remember coming out of this movie, and uh, I called my brother, because that's what we do when there's an X-Men movie. Uh, I, feel mm. like, I feel like I don't need to keep saying that. Um, So, but I'm talking to Craig and, uh, and I was like, I was kind of lukewarm on it. Like, and, and it has really grown on me since then because the first two thirds, three quarters of it, I think are really, really strong. Yeah. But the final act is less strong. And so it, it ends on not, not the best, (laughs) not the best note. Like I was like, I think what I, the robot. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 and then just kind of how the, the like you know he turns out to be the villain and blah blah blah, like the the, the giant robot samurai didn't really didn't really work for me. Um, it just it felt like it, I felt like I was watching a movie that was taking itself seriously, and then at the end they were like, ah, whatever, let's just throw in a CGI robot samurai, <laughs> have him fight yeah. that, yeah. and like that'll be the resolution. And it just it it felt like the ending to a different movie. I think that ending works just fine in X Men Origins Wolverine, which was all just that. Like, let's throw more bad CGI at this thing and and throw ideas that don't go together right on top of one another. And, and it would like, have been a way better ending to that movie yes, than the one that, that it had. Yeah, that's true. But, actually, but yeah, I'd like to see that edited yeah. version. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I, but but like, I remember like my feeling was they almost got it was how I felt about, about this movie. When I first saw it on subsequent viewings, cause I've seen it several times now, I actually really, really enjoy it. And then I just kind of like squint through the ending, um, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy the parts that I enjoy and forget, forget the rest. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the, the fight at the wedding. I love the bullet train fight, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I reread that four issue miniseries by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. Um, uh the other day I hadn't read it in literally decades and I was surprised at just how much of this movie comes from it like I knew like I kind of mm-hmm. thought it was like kind of loosely based on it um but it is it is very much based on that um like the whole thing with the bear uh at the beginning like that's I mean it's not like, shot for shot or panel for panel or whatever like from that but there's a whole bear incident there is a poisoned arrow he does track down the guy that shot the bear um kills kills the bear like that's all that's all in there um none of the stuff with jean gray is in there because that had happened she died years prior um in the comics but um but yeah but you know what's interesting too is like that whole story in the comics is about him kind of going from this beast character to becoming a man, a man of honor and like the whole samurai thing. Like he really like takes that on and tries to become noble. Um, uh, which is interesting. And that miniseries like really like at the beginning of that mini series, um, he's going to Mariko who he already knows, um, and is, and is in love with, and he shows up and she's already married to somebody else, Um, and he's, he's pretty upset. Um, Hmm. yeah, but, but, you know, he winds up fighting her, her father in a similar, you know, sword fighting showdown and all kinds of good stuff. In fact, the way that he kills Shingen, her father, like by putting his fist up next to his throat and then popping the claws is actually how he kills the father in the comic, which I had forgotten that it was like that specific. Um, but, yeah, so so that was kind of cool, like going back and reading them and being like, oh, this is actually, you know, really much more closely tied. You know, there's nothing about World War II and surviving the bombing of Nagasaki. That's – which when I put this movie on and started watching it, my wife was in the room, and she watched that opening scene, and she was like, this is stupid. Like she was just like, <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, well, well, just if you jump in a hole, you survive, right? Like, just just wait, because the rest of the movie, like, 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 that doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie until you get to the end where more schlocky kind of dumb stuff happens. But um, but yeah, but I think on subsequent viewings, I'm able to just really appreciate like, I love the bullet train stuff. And there's a lot of really, there's a lot of really good stuff character wise uh going on so i think this one ages a little bit better but still it's it's not like it's not the perfect wolverine movie but it's it uh kind of like first class like for the wolverine franchise like it felt like a palate cleanser or i'm like well i kind of came out of this going like well they're on even ground again like you could you could do a good wolverine movie from here without having to like dig yourself out of a hole now so so i, I kind of felt like it did what it needed to do i wish it had been better but um, but it did what it needed to do. I think from a Wolverine franchise perspective, have your kids seen the X-Men movies? Uh, they've seen some of them. They're not big X, They're not really into the X-Men fans. In fact, I was watching one of these and, uh, like my older son walked in and was like, oh, that's Wolverine. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, aren't you proud of me for knowing that's Wolverine? And I'm like, no, that is expected in this household. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't get any points for that. Oh, no,
2: yeah, that's... You know, he's like, well, all right.
1: No, yeah.
0: I guess I was going to ask, if they were showing interest, would you just skip the third X-Men film and the origin film so, if,
1: if you were going right, to show them? So I, so, so I did something similar to that with with Kale, my, my eldest, uh, with Terminator, and we watched Terminator 1, 2, and Dark Fate. And we just skipped the rest. Um, and he was like, one and two were really good. And Dark Fate was pretty good. I'm like, yep, that's right. And you don't need to watch the others because you probably won't like them very much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ultimately, probably what I would show my... El- I don't think my youngest son would really like these very much at all. But um, what I would show my elder son is I would do X-Men 1, 2, probably 3 um maybe this one and days of future past and probably that's it and he would probably like first class also so yeah i'd probably probably show those but i'd skip origins wolverine and i wouldn't go probably past days of future past i respect that that list those are <laughs> yeah the
0: good ones talk about those later so what are the major differences in approach between this film an origins. I guess we've already kind of discussed that a little bit, but uh, this one's not an or, not an origin story. It doesn't feel like an X Men story
1: to me at all. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things I like. I do like about it is that it doesn't feel like the an X Men movie. Like I do appreciate that. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate that it's not an origin story, and that it's it's also that it's about Wolverine, like. He's not the inciting incident, but this is very much about who Wolverine is, about what he's dealing with as a, as a character. So it's, you know, sort of like we were talking about with First Class, like it's, it just ignores Origins Wolverine and just goes, let's do one that's about a character. It pairs it down, the scope of it, it's not world threatening. It's much more personal stakes like I think all of that stuff just makes it a better movie. Also, one other thing that and Tom, I think you mentioned this with First Class, that both First Class and the Wolverine have that X-Men three and and Origins Wolverine really have very little of is they have a playfulness to them when appropriate. Like they can be heavy, they are heavy at times, but there's also a playfulness they can be fun, which is kind of lacking from last stand and and uh origins yeah like i love that scene where he he throws the he throws the husband guy out the window that's great i like that whole scene
2: i think one of the things that i mean well one thing that this movie again like has that x-men first class does that the original x-men did is another really bold strong choice of an opening scene like nagasaki like moments before the fat man dropped i mean is just yeah that that's a choice that is a strong choice and i was just like oh wow i did not remember this either like that whole thing like seeing logan as a pow you know on the japanese mainland and you know buried in like this hole is just like is such a great like image and I think like it's it was cool like this was an element of his story that I always found really intriguing from the comics like growing up that the kind of involving like as Andy you were talking about involving this the the samurai um, storylines and everything this is a byproduct sorry this is a byproduct of this sort of cultural. A revolution, this 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 cultural happening in America that happened in the early nineteen eighties, this fascination with Japanese culture, which fun fact can be traced to the airing of the NBC miniseries *Shogun* based on the James Clavell novel. That's actually actually the, the popularity of sushi uh, as well can be traced to that that miniseries. It's very very
1: funny.
0: Popularity of sushi
2: um, in America.
1: Yeah yeah okay the like there were there
2: were no that like no, what the, skid is the, saying
1: is that james clavell invented sushi like let's make no yeah.
2: bones about it. <laughs> no it's actually it's interesting like there were the the beginnings of like sushi as a as a well-known like popular food started in the wake of the shogun miniseries um so along with many other like elements of Japanese culture that people became fascinated with. So yeah, that was a really cool thing. and it was something that I was really drawn to as a kid. Like I fell in love with this uh, the, I fell in line with uh, that whole movement, same as like uh, most of the kids my age did. So it was really cool. And you know, having lived in Japan myself, it was very cool to see that part of his story realized on screen. Another thing that they do, which is a big staple of superhero sequels is taking the hero's power away. And I'm that in this movie another thing I didn't remember and it's something that I think works
1: so well. That Just also happens in the series. His powers are Yes, powers that powers also that happens which, to Richard which Chamberlain. Well, that, yeah. that, that, that <laughs> yeah. not I didn't mean the showgun mini miniseries. The 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 Wolverine oh, comic oh, miniseries—that oh, was that. another thing that I didn't remember uh, from that miniseries. But he actually gets poisoned in that miniseries and is depowered, like he's 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 not at full strength, which is which was interesting. Again, like oh, that that's from there too. Sorry. That's
2: I mean, it's really cool. Like I think it just works. It works so well and it's like and it's interesting too with Wolverine because like Superman 2, like he voluntarily kind of gives up his powers and he's just like a normal person. But with Wolverine, you take away his healing factor, he's still like a pretty strong guy. He still has unbreakable adamantium bones and he has like a century and a half Of fighting experience to draw from. So it's like, and and he has his claws. So it's like he's not helpless, but it's like his his most powerful feature is taken away. So it's it, I think it's just super, super interesting. And just watching him, you know, suffer the brunt of all these physical kind of uh, encounters that he has and not being able to bounce back from him, like watching them mount and build over the course of this movie where he doesn't have his healing factor. It's just just great. I just think that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, the, other, the main thing though, the difference in approach that works so well here is they're only trying to do one movie. Whereas as we pointed out, Wolverine Origins, they're trying to do three different movies and graft them onto each other in a horrible Frankenstein's monster. And this is one like Andy say like it's, it's it's a it's a simpler story, no worldwide like consequences. I love that. I love like smaller scale like more personal kind of stakes. That's great. So that's uh, I think that all works really well. I really was like again like I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I I, I did not remember that experience at all the first time and um yeah it's very strong i thought so like we said this
0: is the first film to take place after x-men 3 did its use of gene gray in particular work
1: for you and how do you feel about this being the follow-up to x-men 3 yeah actually i thought that worked surprisingly well i wasn't expecting to see any of the other x-men particularly in the movie especially not the one that died um, but <laughs> they relate it thematically to what's going on in this. This movie is really about him learning to move on and make his own choices about who he's going to be. And 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 I like that. Like the very end of the movie is like he's asked, like, okay, we can go anywhere in this jet, and where does he want to go? And he says, let's go up. But like the idea being that Wolverine now is. He's in the driver's seat of his own story Whereas he is a very, as we've discussed before A very reactionary character in a lot of ways Um, and this movie is about that It's about kind of putting the past behind him And learning to move on And you see that with his relationship with Mariko You see that with Yukio Like being able to see his death And even though he knows that's coming Like he's making his own decision And that's still not the end of him Um, it's just threaded very neatly I think throughout Um, And it sort of, it lends a little bit more weight, I think, to Jean Grey's death in X-Men 3, which just happens amongst a lot of CGI. Um, Whereas here, like, this is is actually the first movie where, like, I sort of felt like I started to feel like why he cares about her, even though it's all in his head. But that's kind of how I felt about his relationship with Jean Grey in the movies was it seemed like it was mostly in his head like (laughs) (laughs) they don't spend much time together um and so i thought that was i actually yeah i thought that worked really well actually um very surprised that it did and then he kind of lets her go at the end i think i think it works well um and again it also felt like it kind of put sorry my my dog wanted to say hi um it feels like it puts x-men 3 away a little bit like Okay, that's that's all done now. We've dealt with it. We've acknowledged it, and we're moving on. Xavier pops up though as well, right? Yeah, in at the end, in the post-credit scene, which I think we should talk about also. Yeah, but with Magneto. What do you guys that, think that's about a Jean cool. Grey uh, being used before we get into that?
2: I think it works surprisingly well, considering how I didn't think that relationship worked very well in the previous movies I, I didn't i never really bought it so i think it would have had even that much more impact if that relationship had a little more meat on it than it than it, i felt like it did but yeah i think it, it for you know what they were sort of left to work with i think it, it does work very well although i will say the scene where they're in the plane is just like where do you want to go let's just start with up as an aviation enthusiast that scene really bothered me because you have to lay out a flight plan like you you have to let the tower know like where you can't just say you're not just pulling out of your driveway like you you have to know where you're going if you're taking off from Narita Airport or whatever. So that 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 took me out of it. I was really angry at that. But uh, uh other otherwise uh yeah, no the jean gray
0: stuff was great. I guess I was kind of indifferent to it. Okay. I didn't hate it, but I didn't get chills or anything. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah no chills, <laughs> but some thrills. Tom, what did you think of the? I had one uh, spill. What did you think of the? Uh, I had I had a couple
1: of I had a couple of thrills. One <laughs> spill, but no chills. <laughs> Tom, what did you think of the post credit scene with Xavier and Magneto showing up?
0: I really didn't know what to think. I think you talked about it on another episode, right? Where that that means he totally did take over that innocent man's body and then morphed his body <laughs> to become his own. <laughs> <laughs> and but he's still in a that. wheelchair. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Why, is, why is he still in a wheelchair? <laughs> Did he have another accident after leaving the hospital? Yeah, well, if if, you, That's if the you, origin story, I if see. you read the
1: comics, he gets his legs back and loses them like multiple times. Like this is a this is oh. a reoccur- recurring motif for Professor. X. Like he has lost the use of his legs like seven or eight times and and it's always used like oh my gosh how tragic is it's like yeah we knew he was going to be back in a wheelchair this has happened so many times yeah i i mean i like that scene i i do think you know again talked about this a little bit before but like from a continuity perspective like it it doesn't it doesn't really work um also and we didn't talk about this in the origins episode but like there's a scene after the deadpool scene the very last scene in the movie at the end of the credits is Wolverine sitting at a bar in Japan, and the I love this, I love this so much. And the bartender says, "Oh, you're you're drinking to forget." He goes, "No, I'm drinking to remember, because you know he got shot in the head by an adamantium Whoa. bullet, um, and so he doesn't remember anything anymore." So I also want to, I want wow. that scene edited. That was not into- on the version
2: I saw. That was not on the version that I had.
1: I uh. rented from Prime. It was not on there. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. That's that's definitely there. There are three mid slash post credit scenes. There's the one of wow. of Stryker like walking till his feet bleed. Then there's the Deadpool one, and then at the very end. There's this bar scene, um, and I want to see that scene edited into this movie. When did he go to the bar? Start drinking. <laughs> get asked this question, and then he tells this lady cryptically that he's drinking to remember, which is s- stupid um it is stupid. Uh, and then he goes to Canada. Right. But that's like the you know, that's like the continuity problems that these X-Men movies have. And this is another great example of that because like Xavier and Magneto show up seemingly in present day and they're like, "Hey, in the future we're all going to be working together, so we figured we'd come get you now," but not actually do anything to solve this problem that hasn't started yet. For another 10 years or 20 years or whatever, you know. Also, at the end of this movie, now, it does make sense that he set off the metal detector, but at the end of this movie, he has bone claws. The adamantium, like, came out of them, and he has bone claws at right. the end of this movie. And then, you know, in the next movie, nope, adamantium. So, at some point... Oh, whoa, I
0: didn't even think about that. So, yeah. at, at some point, he
1: went through the bonding process, which we all know he really enjoyed. And would definitely be up <laughs> for it again. Um, but yeah, no mention of that. And I think it's a good choice in days of future past because it does help sort of differentiate future Wolverine from past Wolverine, but we can't so like I don't have a problem with it, but it, it is one of those things where it's like they clear they are so they play so fast and loose with the continuity that you know, things like that like don't don't matter. And the the debate that my brother and I used to get into is he want he really wanted it all to work and I'd be like yeah why do you want it to work like they don't care and yeah like so like after the third movie I was like they don't care about it so I'm not gonna care because I'm just gonna get frustrated which is what what happens to Craig all the time. Right. <laughs> Although he's better, now. I do wish he's they cared.
2: It. it it is it is kind of it's a little bit of a bummer that they don't seem to care that they they don't really put that kind of thought into it which is something that the marvel does the marvel studio stuff they that obviously they pay way more attention to that than than fox did with x-men it is it's a little it does it does bum me out. it's like it doesn't really matter but it does bum me out a little bit that they just kind of hand wave all this stuff and they don't take it as seriously as like you know someone like craig would
1: right oh craig takes it very seriously
2: Maybe not as seriously as Craig, but some of them <laughs> like Craig. <laughs> right. Okay.
1: Fair.
0: So let's rate it uh, from one to 10. Skid.
2: Uh, I think this is like a high set. This is like a 7.9 for me, uh, which, okay. I, yeah, I thought my, in my memory it was like a six. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is definitely better than I, than I remembered it being. I'm going to go with a six.
1: Sorry. Oh, go, Andy. I, no, you went with six. Yeah, I was going to go with seven. So there we go. Yeah, right in the middle.
0: Okay. Will there ever be a movie that we all give a ten?
1: No. No, probably not. I'm calling it now. Although we did already talk about the Godfather movies, but so I think that I think we all seem to really like those.
0: Yeah, that would have been. They were good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always difficult with or movies I've that I've known my whole life. Like it's hindsight is always. Like Nirvana's Nevermind didn't get like amazing reviews. And then now every review is like, it's the greatest album ever made. It's, yeah. it's always hard. I feel like the Godfathers like that too. And Star Wars, I'm sure Star Wars got some good reviews though. I'm sure all of them got some good reviews,
2: yeah, but, but I there, feel like it's so hard. There were also a lot of like naysayers too, that people, voices that ended up kind of being drowned out as these things kind of stand the test of time. Like, I mean, Alien and Aliens, I would give both of those a 10 personally um so i mean yeah i think there 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 have been movies that we have done but they're all you're right like they're all almost all like older movies like movies that as you age and you go through your life you find new things in them and they they stay like with you those are the movies that i find earn a 10 like it's hard to like right out of the gate it's kind of hard to to get that i think for most people
0: what, what are movies that we've done so far, Andy? Out of the, I don't know how many we've done right now. Like probably 140 movies. Last year we did the uh, year, we celebrated doing this podcast for a year. So now we're essentially at two years when this episode airs. Like I think to the week, two years. So out of these uh, like 140 movies, are there, which ones that pop in your head immediately would you give a 10?
1: <laughs> um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Godfather, probably 1 and 2. Um Terminator. Maybe Terminator 2. Um Alien and Aliens. Very different movies, but I would probably give both of them 10s. Um there's probably others. But those are the ones that, that Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of movies. Yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. Like Jurassic Park, the first one would probably be up there. I don't know if I'd give it quite a 10, yeah. but it'd be it'd be really high. Yeah. Um, it would be a nine something, yeah, for me. And uh, I mean, I I know I like this movie more than almost everyone else, but Mission Impossible Fallout is a nigh perfect action movie. Oh I man, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm very so long excited, I'm very excited about the next two Mission Impossible movies, but oh, I don't know how I they could too. possibly get better than Fallout.
2: I get the more even the, like the more distance we get from every one of those mission impossible movies the the more i love them i just the, talk about a movie sticking with you like I, I just can't stop thinking about mission impossible i just think they're fuck, they're great
1: yeah and they also got us that that like teenager girl audience listening audience that we were that's right we were, <laughs> that's what they <laughs> that love we oh, yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah teenage you know teenage ladies they love Reimagined 1960s TV shows.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So. I mean, I I mean, I want to hold on to my tens, right? Like, I don't want to just start doling tens <laughs> out. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. Those yeah, are the yeah. ones that it's that hard. would be that I can think of that would be like kind of in the in the you know in that nine ten zone, probably. And I would I would agree
2: with almost all of those.
0: Yeah, the nine ten zone. I think that's a safer thing to say than a ten, right? Even, there's some movies I would give a 10. Of the Like, Nightmare on Elm Street, I love. I don't know if it's a 10. There, it's a 9, 10, 9-something 9 for me. Ghostbusters 1, I think, is up oh, there yeah, in yeah, the 9s. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But, okay, awesome. Well, if you're a Patreon subscriber, stick around, where we're going to dissect Wolverine's convoluted history. Thanks for listening. Please write a review and give a 5-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Intro music by Tom Bryfogel and John Harvey. To connect, visit FranchiseFanguys.com, at FranchiseFanguys on Instagram, and at GuysFranchise on Twitter. Franchise fan
2: guys.